A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he'd come home. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Which is easier, which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the son of man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up. Take your mat and go home. And then he got up, he took his mat, and he walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, We have never seen anything like this before. What a great word, hey? Well, I want to say I am truly grateful to this great man sitting here in this front seat. His name's Major Stephen Metcher, Steve Metcher. He's new here. And yesterday, I don't know if you heard what happened, but while I was preparing my sermon for today, Joshua got whacked in the head with a shovel and ended up going to hospital in an ambulance. And he's okay, just so you all know. But I was a little bit like, oh my goodness, I need some help. And this man came to my rescue and he's preaching this morning on that amazing word. So I reckon we ought to give him a massive cheer and say thanks for coming. Yes. Thank you. Thanks, sweet. Good morning, guys. How are you going? Well, I've enjoyed being here for the um, past two weeks. I don't know whether I'm enjoying right now as much, but um, it's been a lot of fun. It's, it's an exciting community here um, from somebody coming from the outside um, coming in. Uh, it's very exciting to see such a, uh, a cross of the community and a, 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 and a varying age group within the community. It, you know, wonderful things can happen here. I mean, great things are happening, but far greater things uh, can happen here and uh, the, one of the words that was thrown at the group up on the platform earlier today uh, was that word unity and what an important word it is and uh, there's only two things that the devil can't imitate and that is love and unity love and unity the only two things that the evil one can't imitate and so all those groups and all you folk who are fellowshipping if you come back to that as your testing board all the time in this exciting uh, growth rushes that are happening in some ways you come back and say, hey, is this of love and is this of unity? And if you keep on checking in at that, boy, explosive things are going to happen here. And just stay tuned to that uh, love and unity. Thanks for the opportunity today. Um, I think you're a very brave young lady to come out and lead the way you have after your little boy being afflicted the way he was. Massive, massive um, marvellous passage of scripture that, um, that's been brought to you this morning by Paula. One of my um, favourite passages, um, I think Mark, 1, uh, Mark 2, 1 to 12 and uh, Philippians chapter 2 would be my favourite two passages of scripture. 
And uh, when somebody says, would you mind preaching, I'll, I'll normally do one of the hundred sermons I've preached off of Mark uh, 2, uh, one the 12 at different times. So today I'm just going to give you a simple overview, um, but it's an exciting overview, I believe. The two things that I believe that stand out in this passage of Scripture aren't the wonderful things where Jesus declares to be God. He claims to be God. So if anybody ever says to you that, oh, Jesus never ever said he was God, well, this is one of those passages that Jesus says, I am God. And this wonderful thing of faith, the recognition of Christ, of faith in a bloke and his mates, marvellous. But the thing that really stands out to me in this passage of Scripture, more so over the years, is the availability of people for their friends and for those who aren't yet their friends and the stickability during their journey. Availability and stickability. I've had um, some wonderful friends in ministry uh, in other denominations and in the Salvation Army who have been incredibly gifted over the years. People with the wonderful gift of mercy, full of love, who would leave me for dead in most areas in the kingdom. And at a time when they've maybe been needed with these wonderful gifts, they haven't been there. Because at some stage in their life, in their service, they've given it up. They said, oh, this is too hard. This is just too much. I'm out of this. So no matter how gifted you are, how much ability you have, if you're not there, how can you help somebody? So availability is an incredibly important thing. Mind you, I'm not knocking ability. Golly, I wish I had a lot more of it. Uh, I'm one of those people who's available in life but don't have a, a great deal of ability. Know a little bit about a lot, um, and that seems to get me through by the grace of God. But this availability where you're just going to be there and the stickability to make sure you're going to be there right to the end when things get tough and you're still there by the grace of God. So we've got four blokes who've got a mate uh, who is paralysed and uh, history tells us that he probably had palsy which is, it was a horrendous um, disease and it, because if he, he's afflicted in such a way that he couldn't walk it had probably already affected his brain. So their mate is in a real mess and he's got this mat that he lives on. It's his bed and everything by the way, this mat. And then his, his four mates are saying, this is our chance to see him well. There's this bloke, Jesus, who's travelling all over the land and people are being brought to him left, right and centre and they're getting healed. So if he can do it for them, he can do it for our mate. We're going to take him to Jesus. And so these four blokes take their mate to Jesus and when they get down to this house, which we believe was Peter's house, where Jesus was preaching, there was this massive crowd there, so big that they couldn't get their mate into the house. Now, it's interesting that Jesus was preaching at Peter's house because in the previous chapter, in verse 38, Jesus says, I have to go to the cities, to the villages, where all the people are, because I have come with the message that the kingdom of heaven is upon you. I've come to deliver the word. I have to go to the cities, to the villages, if you like, back there then, but where the people are. And by verse 45, seven verses later, and about another three at least healings later, where people are being brought to him left, right and centre, and people are getting healed left, right and centre, and lots of people want to see these spectacular things happening. 
hello, Jesus can't get into the villages. He's just so popular and everybody's trying to hit him with what they, they need, he can't get into the cities, so he has to go to quiet places to get this message out. Now, isn't it interesting that the Son of God says, I have to go into the villages, and seven verses later he says, I can't. Seven verses later he says, I can't go to those places. And that's a little bit of us, isn't it? Sometimes the spectacular attracts us so much. Sometimes a big spectacular uh, worship attracts us. Uh, I've been to churches where they have trophies all around the walls. Um, There'll be crutches and there'll be braces and there'll be this, there'll be canes where people have been healed. And yet the Bible says, Jesus says, why he came was to give the message of life. The kingdom of heaven is upon you. And indeed, he was the message. You know what I reckon? I reckon it would be an exciting thing if in our churches we had all around the walls frame certificates of the days that we gave our heart to Jesus. Frame certificates of the days we gave our heart to Jesus. That would be wonderful, trophies of grace. But as people, we're attracted to the spectacular, aren't we? And we were so, they were so much attracted then that it stopped Jesus from getting into where all the people were to deliver this wonderful message. Anyway, these four blokes get to Peter's house and they can't get into the house. So what do they do? They say, I oh, will go back home and throw a barbie. No, nah. no. Nah. We've come to get our mate to Jesus. So they go up the outside stairs. They climb up on top of the roof where Peter probably um, did his uh, meditation or just sunbake. I don't know, whatever he did up there. And uh, the roof was made, we believe, of beams and clay and straw and really put together pretty good. Probably had some grass growing on top of it, which, you know, was nice and good to lay on. Then they've ripped through these beams, straw and clay. Now, mind you, down below is Jesus. All these Pharisees and all these people. And they've ripped this roof apart on top of him. you believe it? Now... I, I kind of think these guys certainly fitted that availability, not so much the ability. Because if you had half a brain, you're not going to climb up on that roof and rip a bloke's uh, roof out. And history tells us Peter was a pretty big, sweaty sort of a bloke too. Rip his roof apart, drop the lot on top of Christ and all these Pharisees to get your mate to Jesus. I don't think they were real wise. But boy, did they have stickability. And were they available? So they lower their mate down to the feet of Jesus. And when they get to the mate to the feet of Jesus, he looks and he is so blessed and so impressed with their faith. And he says, your sins are forgiven. Because of their faith, your sins are forgiven. And of course, there's Pharisees in the congregation and they're going, What? You know, how can he dare he say this? To say that is blasphemy. He's claiming to be God because only God can forgive sins. And by the golly, they were correct. They had every right in the world to be upset because if he isn't God, it is blasphemy. But see, Jesus is God and he can forgive sins. I, you, a living, 
proof of the fact that he can forgive sins. And Jesus, being God, knew what they were thinking. And then he says, okay, if you think it's harder to forgive sins than what it is to heal a bloke, then I'll do the other. You know, pick up your bed and walk. Your sins are forgiven. And so the bloke picks up his bed and he walks out of the joint. I reckon if I was in the congregation, I would have been fairly impressed too to see Christ at work in that way. You know, a great miracle happened that day. The healing of a bloke who suffered atrociously from palsy. A great miracle. And we see many of them throughout the scriptures. Uh, There's at least three accounts of a greater miracle where Christ has raised dead people to life. A greater miracle. But the greatest miracle of all is the forgiveness of sins. That was the greatest miracle that occurred that day. You know, that bloke, when he woke up the next morning, I don't know where he lived or whatever, but I don't think they had mirrors in those days, but I reckon if he had been looking at himself in a pool of water the next morning, checking out his body, you know, how good is this? How good is this? You know, doing a few kicks with his feet and what have you. I'm, I'm back in circulation. I'm with the boys. I'm accepted. Look at me. I'm alive. I'm active. I reckon he really would have been buzzing. If you had have asked him the next morning, what was the greatest thing that Jesus Christ did for him the day before? I'm sure that he would have said, he healed me so that I can walk. He healed me of this horrendous disease. Ask that same bloke 2,000 years later, what was the greatest thing that happened to him that day? And I promise you, he'll tell you, it was the forgiveness of sins. Because of that, here I am, still with my Christ and still with my Saviour. No matter how many times Jesus Christ, and we're talking about God, no matter how many times he heals the body, at some stage it will end up as ashes or with maggots crawling through it. I promise you. But this forgiveness of sins is for all eternity. And this happens, of course, because of Calvary. You've been there before, but it's somewhere we need to go all the time, stirring it up within our hearts. It's because of Christ going to Calvary, knowing that in 2016, on the 31st of January, that there'd be somebody here who needs that forgiveness of sins, who needs the greatest miracle of all. And so he paid that incredible price. It's a free gift that he offers, but it's not a cheap one. He made this enormous sacrifice so that whoever it is who has an affliction of some kind, whoever it is who maybe just simply has never surrendered to him, who has never really just let go and said, Jesus, take over my life. I believe. I want that miracle. I want that miracle. It's because of Calvary that that is possible today. And it's because four blokes made themselves available and stuck it out to the end that we're even telling this story. It probably wouldn't have made the book unless these four blokes had been available and stuck to the task that was on their heart. 
I want to conclude with um, a very simple statement. I'm, I've been a, a fairly ordinary bloke in my life. I was head bouncer at one of the biggest discos in Australia when I was a younger man. And often people said to me when I was a drunk and a bit of a no-hoper, people would say to me, you've made your own bed, mate, now lay in it. Well, one far greater than the world says, pick up your bed and walk. Your many sins are forgiven. Bless you guys. And ask the worship team to come up. Ask the worship team to come up. And I'll just place a prayer. And they're going to bring uh, a wonderful song to us, I Surrender All. Dear Lord, thank you for your word. Uh, thank you for the clarity of it. Thank you for the power of it. Thank you for the reality um, that it is just as effective today as it was when it was uh, ushered into the hearts of men and women who wrote it for you all those years ago, inspired by your spirit. May the same spirit have his way right now and minister the miracle of your word to our hearts so that freedom can be had. In Jesus' name, amen.